Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Do me a favor, subscribe to the John Kahn Report. Wherever you get your podcast, you're watching on YouTube, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. You can find us there as part of Empire Media. That's A-M-P-I-R-E. Always much appreciated when you tune in. And you can look for any updates by me on ESPN.com, including about the Josh Harris meeting with the Finance Committee that is taking place Wednesday afternoon in New York. No update now, so I'm not going to put anything on here about that. So check ESPN.com for any updates regarding any sort of development from that situation. Also, and I told you the other day, and I'm going to make the other day, I was going to do a special Zoom for several of you. I'm going to wait till Thursday. I'll do that on the Thursday podcast, kind of announce or tell you how you can get that if you want to be part of that. I'll get a couple of people off YouTube, get a couple of people off Twitter. We'll have some fun probably next Monday or Tuesday. And then call it, call it, you know, we'll talk to you then some point later in the season, whatever. Anyway, I'll do that soon. So stay tuned for that. I'll announce on Thursday what you can do to become part of that group. So today, back on the field, talking about OTAs, excuse me, mini camp, mini camp day two. So I got a lot of stuff for you. So let's get to it. Let's start with Chase Young again, because there was a report about how they will be open to listening to offers for him, where they're not shopping him. And nobody's going to be calling about him at this point. Before the draft, there was talk about him. Would he be available? Well, first of all, nobody was calling about him because the injury, I think, concerned people. And then how the last couple of games went, teams are going to want to see a lot from Chase before they go and make a really good offer. I think in this situation, if some team had come and said, "Hey, we'll give you a first, a couple first round picks for the guy," well, of course you're going to listen to that. You'd be still, you'd be silly not to. That's what it would have taken. And just they're not chopping him. They don't nest. They don't want to trade him. They know that he can be better for them here than any sort of mid to low round pick would have brought back that would ever do anything for them. So that's how they're viewing it. They like how where his mindset is right now. Is after since he's reported for minicamp, they like what they've seen on the field. Now, granted, no no contact, but I think it's more like the explosion. What? How does that look? The quickness? How does that look? Uh, the again, I told you the other day, the lack of stutter steps that that and his rushes. That's all good for them. Now, again, you got to produce on Sundays, and what they did tell him is what they've said out publicly. You produce, they'll they're going to find a way to keep you. And a big key to that, folks, is Sam Howell's contract. That having him on a rookie deal, that's the way. If you want to know how they can keep those four D linemen together, it's because of Howell's contract. Now, when if if he hits in a few years, it's going to be a little bit different. But if he hits in a few years, you're going to have a good, a really good quarterback. So you can it can offset some losses that you get along the way. But for now, that's the way you can keep that group together for a couple of years. But it starts with 
both young and Montez Sweat producing. But again, they're not out there shopping him at this point. And again, I think no team is going to trade for him because there's so much they'd want to see before they give up anything for him if this were even a discussion, and it's not. So we move on. With with um, Montez Sweat, one of the things that he talked about with us today is he trained in Atlanta, he trained in Florida, trained in Colorado. He knows a big key for him this season is finishing plays. That's something Rivera's talked about, something Jack Del Rio has talked about. So how can you do that? So a lot of it was working on the hips and making that final turn when you get to the top of your pass rush and then getting home. Because he's, he's done really well getting to that point a little bit. I think he's been kind of a better version of a Preston Smith, but there's a lot of similarities in terms of how are you going to get to the point where you can now finish those plays. Coverage is also going to help because not just who they have in coverage, but the type of coverage. And, and I think they did a better job when their zone match, especially once William Jackson was out, of making it better for the rush. And so let's see if that continues. And if and if um, you know, we'll see how that we'll see how that goes. But that's something he's been working on. The other thing is one thing you notice with sweat and young back is the volume, the volume during practice goes up because both those guys like to talk a lot. And you saw it, you really saw it, you saw it a little bit yesterday, definitely was hammered home on Wednesday. And you'd like, for example, there's one time where there's a little play action and Howell runs, you know, sprint, sprint rollout to his right. And Montez is coming right at him, bats the ball away, starts yapping it up with Howell. Another time, there are a couple other times where Young and Montez were getting on tight end Curtis Hodges after a couple of plays. There was one time they were yelling at him about how he was body catching the ball after after actually a nice round. I'll talk about that later. Another time they ran down the field because there's a play down there. These guys were on the sidelines, ran down the field to yell at at, at Hodges in a fun way that it would you know, the play he just made would have been negated by an offensive pass interference. So, but just the volume was definitely increased. Those guys bring energy. And I think they like to talk a lot. And I think I and I know I told you yesterday with sweat. One of the things that I saw in him in terms of that that yapping was he would yap, but he would also praise his offensive guys. And that was a point of emphasis for Rivera, reminding them that these are your teammates. That side of the ball is going to help you look better if they're better. So if they're doing things well, let them know. Anyways, but today it was fun for them and it was you, the energy level was a little bit higher. And I think because of those two and how they and and their approach. Speaking of Hodges, and I told you, like, he's a guy that I think that they are very curious to see how he looks in training camp because he's looked pretty good during the spring. And I think, you know, he's a guy that to me is going to be one to watch in training camp, stronger, lower body, a little bit more stout. And I think he looks good. He a couple, he's looked pretty good on those crossing routes. Uh, there was one time where he dusted Troy Apke in the slot. And I know what you're going to say, or well, it's Troy Apke. But it was just the it was the 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 amount of dusting, I guess I should say, on that that to me was impressive. But he has flashed a decent amount, and I think that's something that really has kind of caused them to feel pretty good about where about his development. And again, you know, if they'd had Armani Rogers, I think that guy would have helped them a lot. But I think they they should feel pretty good about how this tight end group has looked so far. And in fact, I think it's been a solid group during the spring and a very involved group. So pay attention to that. And I know, you know, um, in the offseason after they hired the enemy, there was a lot of talk about how Travis Kelsey was using Kansas City and do they have to go get more tight ends because they're going to be a bigger fan. 
they had the tight ends here. And I think we're going to see that, I think. Um, but they certainly are going to be a bigger part of the game. And I think that's a good thing for Howell and a good thing for this offense because they can be used in multiple ways. And that's something you see. You you have, like I, I pointed out a couple of times, how Cole Turner has looked pretty good. And again, Hodges. And then you see Logan Thomas looking a lot more effective like he had been um, before his injury. And you, for, you, know, you don't forget because there's a lot of emphasis on Chase Young coming back from that knee injury. Would have would have been, you know, get him another year removed from that. He also had the patellar tendon ruptured. That made it even harder. But Thomas is also going to be a year further removed from his injury. I think that makes a big deal. My guess, my sense is that he probably came back a little bit too soon last year because he wanted, because he, I don't know, I wouldn't say that. I don't know if he rushed back. I don't think it was rushed back, but it certainly was a little bit sooner than maybe he was ready for because it led to some other issues. So late in the year, much better. Now he's looking more like himself, but I think it's also how they're being used. But you see it, the size, like one thing with him is he was never a guy that's just going to create this great separation. It was as much about using a size and knowing the areas to get to, and then using that leverage that gets created because of your size. And today, for example, there was one time on a little, I think it was like a little hitch over the middle against Benjamin St. Juice. St. Juice was all over him. St. Juice is a bigger corner. It didn't matter. Thomas makes himself big and he caught the ball. He's like a big man in the NBA that makes himself bigger. When I would coach my kids, I tell them, you're inside, make yourself bigger, get those elbows, make yourself bigger. And he does that, but he's already big to begin with, but that's something that's a strength of his. And I'll be curious to see how that group is used in the red zone, because I think they each bring something with that size, and all all of them have the size, but the ability to also, in Hodge's case, I think he's a pretty good athlete as well. So just bears watching. Now, you know, now you can watch for it too. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Did you know the largest ropes course in Zipline Park in the country is right here in the DMV? Located in the heart of Montgomery County, the Adventure Park at Sandy Spring combines climbing and ziplining to create an aerial obstacle course unlike any other. With challenges anywhere from 10 to 75 feet in the air, there is something for all skill levels. Looking for some family time or the perfect date night before football season starts? You can even climb and zip line under the stars. Would you rather keep your feet on the ground? Give axe throwing a try. With their projector systems, you can throw at traditional targets, play tic-tac-toe, connect four, or even hunt zombies. Listeners of this show can get $5 off any ticket by entering the code KIME23DC at checkout. That's KIME, K-E-I-M, 23DC. So there you have it, folks. Climbing, ziplining, axes, food, and bonfires right in your backyard. The weather is warming up, so it's the perfect time to head outside and join the adventure at www.theadventurepark.com. That's www.theadventurepark.com. And enter promo code KIME23. 
2-3 DC. The commander's done a lot of work in the pass game during these the OTAs and the mini camps. And some of that stems from the inability to really be physical up front. I don't think I think they want to be limit how much physicality and when you start running the ball, gets a little bit like that. This is also, as Rivera said, told us earlier on Wednesday, it's a precision-based passing game, the timing and the rhythm, you want to get that down. So I think they're focusing hard on that for that reason. One of the things you also see are the running backs being more involved as well. And you, you know, before when before they really get going in practice, they'll stretch and they'll break into groups. They'll do some special teams work over here. The, the, during this period, you have other guys who aren't involved in that special team stuff will stay with their position coaches. So you see like Brian Robinson and, and Antonio Gibson working with Randy Jordan and Jennifer King just on some like yesterday, a lot of flat routes today with some flat, but also some over the middle. And just, it's more or less a glorified walkthrough for them, just going over routes that they're going to use in practice that or that they're installing that day or whatever. And by the way, and I told her after practice, Jennifer King has a pretty good, pretty damn good arm and accurate and just puts a ball in a good spot, but with some zip. And I even told her that, but she, I, you know, I knew she had played quarterback in, in the women's football leagues, but she still got a good arm. So anyway, just thought I'd note that. Um, so that, but that's what you see. You do see that from those guys. I think they're also using those running backs in a little bit more for their more variety of routes. And some of it is just testing to see what guys can do. Right. And you, you're going to run some slants, you run some outs. Um, they also had, were working on something today where it just, basically a back shoulder just to the flat, but getting it to a back shoulder to turn them up to the outside to create more yards after the catch. This offense is all about creating yards after the catch. And on that particular route, the leverage for the back will be to the outside. And if you can create that, and actually they did a pretty good job on that. Um, and the, all the backs did. I really like how Antonio Gibson catches the ball. He's very smooth with it. And I know he played receiver in college, but he does have, he does have really good hands. And I think it's going to be, they certainly feel like there's more that he can do for them. And it's funny how many times you talk to some coaches about a guy or somebody with about a guy here and they're like, yeah, they didn't like, they, they wish he had been used more a little bit differently in the past. Well, you can't do that with everybody because somebody's always going to be left out. There's only one ball and there's only going to be so many plays you can run. But I think Gibson's a guy where they feel like definitely more can be done with him. Another guy, Jared Patterson, his hands look to be improved so far, so far. That was something he's worked a lot on in the offseason. So, and I think, you know, when he, when he was drafted, he seemed like a guy who should become a third down type guy, but that's not really what he was. He, his hands weren't very good and he had to work on it, but he has. So let's see what that means in training camp and, and then in the um, preseason games. The screen game, got to talk about that because that's been a noticeable difference. Now, the enemy coming from KC, KC was as good as anybody in running the screen game. This offense has run it very well at times in practice. In fact, some of their biggest plays since when we've been able to watch have come off screens. And there were two today. They ran it three. They ran a screen three times. Two were very good. And I think that's so let's talk a little bit about that. I think they set it up better. I think one of the things in the past last year, when Armani Rogers were out there, that tight end screen, I thought worked really well. He's athletic. They could put him in a certain spot. But there are other times where I thought, wow that screen looked like it should have gained 30 or 40 yards. Like it is there. There are three blockers. There's two defenders. 
get your guy. And it's a huge gain, but they really couldn't do it all that well. Now, sometimes it was, how far are you asking those guys to run? And could those guys do that in space? It wasn't their strength. So while it may look good on paper, maybe it didn't fit necessarily the personnel, or maybe it could have something could have been set up a little bit better. But that's what you're seeing here. So that's something to, again, another thing to pay attention to is is um, is exactly that. And today there were a couple, one one worked great, and it was to Antonio Gibson. And there's a and this is where going over things before practice and the enemy's attention to detail or demand to, to detail really matters. So um, little screen to the left. And uh, Gibson has a wall in front of him, would have gone for a long, long game. And the funny thing is, I don't know who said it, but on the defense, they're like, oh, they need a trick play. And someone on the offense said, it was a screen. Screens aren't trick plays. It's a well-designed, executed play. But he had a wall of blockers in front of him and very good. And then another time, there was a screen to Jonathan Williams. Nolan Laufenberg gets out front, blocks the one guy who's just enough obstruction of a guy who's out there. That too was a big game. Now let's go back to the to the um, Gibson one because I think you'll like this. So they're just they're kind of in a group setting before they get to the full teamwork, right? And there was one time where they ran a screen. It was that screen, but Gibson was not at the proper depth. He was either at the line or ahead of the line. That's and he was too close to the blockers. That's not where Bienemy wanted him. So he yells at them to. Um, basically yelled at him to get the get the same effing group out there and run it again. And he yelled at Gibson to be behind the line of scrimmage. He was adamant about that. So they run it again. Gibson's behind the line. The depth works well and and it was executed well. And then you saw that during the practice. That's the sort of stuff. That's again where the big word that you hear from um, players when they talk about Bienemy is accountability, holding them accountable. That was a play where they did not run it right. He holds Gibson accountable, goes and runs it again, gets it right. Big play during practice. He also did that with Jahan Dotson during one play um, where it was a jet jet screen, jet pass um, or jet sweep. Excuse me. I think it was a jet sweep. I think that's what it was. Jet sweep, jet pass. I can't remember which one it was, but he goes to the outside. He didn't like that, that Dotson took it too far outside. So they had him run it again just to make, get him used to seeing what, what you see here. And then you have to react accordingly. And on that particular, um, what you saw there, you need to keep it more. You can't be cutting outside. That's not where the big gain is going to be. And they ran it again and it worked. So that's something. And you know, the funny thing is about, about the screens, we we asked Dotson about that afterwards. And he just said, hey, they have some very crafty screens. Now, and again, in the past, you could use it to different groups, receivers, tight ends, running backs. But I also think it's how you set it up when you when you use it. And then um, the execution, but it, setting it up is such a big key. And I think Howell has done a good job in his execution with that as well. All right, so another time going back to the enemy, I enjoy talking about him because I think it's really different what he's doing as an OC. Maybe not really different, but certainly compared to what we saw from Scott Turner, and, and a little bit different than what I've seen from other some other coordinators, just in terms of the demands that he puts on them and making sure they get it right. And they know it's funny because I even asked Dotson um, after practice, are, is is it a little bit in your head when you're out there like, oh, I better do this right, I'm going to get yelled at? He goes, no, you're not really thinking that. You have to play free. He just said, besides, he's going to yell anyway. 
but he does. I don't think Bienemy yells just yell. He's loud, but I don't think he yells just yell. He yells when he has a point to make and when he's upset about something, and that's the point he needs to make. So there was another time where he pulled the offense, the first team offense, off the field after two reps in, a, in an eleven on eleven drill because he was pissed at him and he was he was upset with Howell in particular and and Howell Bienemy typically stands way behind the play, so he was about. 30 yards or so behind the play. You could, and I'm at the other end of the field. You can hear him pretty clear. But as Howell runs down to him, you could hear him yelling, get up, yelling to Howell, get up to the line of scrimmage, make the call and go play. So he just, he wants that tempo and that rhythm. And that's a big thing. I think that's going to be a focus for him. And again, that word accountability is used quite a bit when, when players talk about him. <clears throat> so a couple more things, Sam Howell. Felt like he had pretty good rhythm today. And, and again, I don't go too far with what all these practices mean for how these are all steps in the process of putting, of building a quarterback for Washington. And one thing I'll say, like they really do like Jacoby Brissett a lot too. It's not like Holly, there's this big distance between Holland and, and, and Brissett. There isn't. And a lot of that, you know, again, some of that's natural. There's experience with with Brissett, knows how to run the offense, has gotten better with his timing over the last couple of weeks. But they really feel good about Hall as well. Anyways, so I felt like he threw in pretty good rhythm today. Plant, plant step, pat, ball out. Um, that those are pretty good. Did get picked off. Oh, excuse me. One of the plays that I that I mentioned yesterday, he got picked off. Um, I can't remember which defender it was, but it was a ball, an out route to, I can't remember the receiver. How about that? I can't remember the D-back, can't remember the receiver, but it was a ball that was tipped and Kalik Hudson intercepted it. So in talking to someone, it would have been defensive pass interference because they said the way the defensive back kind of vaulted themselves into the play was by pulling on the receiver. So they like, in other words, they liked the decision and the throw from Hobb and the reason why the play was made because it would have been a penalty. Anyway, just, just so you know, but this is the stuff, like when you see stuff in practice, you don't always know what you, we're not, I can't watch film of, of their practices. So you don't always know what exactly happened in play and you don't always know what they're supposed to do. So you always have to keep that in mind when you see these plays, like you see the result, but you don't know, always know what it meant or why that play was made. And that's that's always a hard part. So anyway, but you can tell rhythm and timing. You can see, you can see that. And I remember one time talking to D'Angelo Hall years ago about that. Like, how can you tell when a quarterback's getting? He said, when you put when he hits their plan step and the ball's coming out. Well, I see that a decent amount of how with how, especially in the seven on seven. Not the same thing as 11-11. You want to see it in the 11-11, but you really see it there, which tells me he knows where he's supposed to go with the ball, and it's just a matter of getting more and more comfortable in those full team that full team work. Baltimore scrimmage or the Baltimore practices are going to be a big deal in terms of that. And again, they're using their tight ends well. And I think that's going to help that rhythm and timing. And you, again, you see that a lot in seven on seven. I like how Howell slides and moves in the pocket. And I, I, I've seen that a lot of times. I saw it again today. It's something they definitely work on. And every, every quarterback's going to work on that. But it's something you, I saw, you see them working on where slide in the pocket and kind of throw with some pressure coming at you, et cetera. Liked, liked a, he had a nice pass to Cole Turner on a, on a inside, hit him in stride on a crosser underneath. Uh, next play on that same, you know, throws outside to McLaurin, hits him in stride, good rhythm. Did get aggressive on one deep ball to, um, to I can't remember if it was Marcus Kemp, maybe. And and he wasn't wasn't open. 
you know, I, th- I felt like he had McLaurin on the other side, but you know, you take a shot and this is, this is what the spring is for. Take your shot, see what you can do, but then learn from it. Because if it's something you can't do and you still continue to do it, or if it's not there and you still can do continue to do it, then that becomes your problem right now. Do, you know, try to do, make some plays and then learn what you can and can't do. Also thought that Jeremy Reeves had a strong day. And I really like that guy. And just like, I just think he's such a good guy to have around. I think there are a lot of guys like that on this team, but he's one that I definitely think that they're, they're always going to have to find a place for him, especially over the next few years, because he's just a, he's always prepared. He's always, he's, he's going to help you in practice. He's going to help you on special teams. He's great in the locker room. And, you know, so it's always, but guys like that, deserve to be rewarded. And he certainly has been today. He makes a one, he makes a nice one-handed interception on that, the deep ball that I told you that, that all through and what he, he read the play well, move, you know, rotated well, put himself in position because of how, because of how he read the play makes a play earlier in the day, makes another play. Actually, excuse me. He didn't make a play. However, what he did do is took away the offense's ability to make a play simply by doing, by rotating the right time into the right area. And the coaches see that and the coaches yell their approval to that. Not going to show if it's in a real game, all it is is somebody else is making a play, but he makes the right play and it forces the quarterback to go somewhere else. Anyway, and as far as like Brissett, I wouldn't say a whole lot jumped out to me today for me or, or to me about him. But I just say, like, I think his rhythm and timing are improving. And, you know, I think you kind of know what you have with him. It's just a matter of him getting comfortable in the offense. I think Hall is still the one where you say, like, where can he get to and 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 when and when. That's going to be a big key as well. Let's take a couple more minutes um, on a couple things. Offensive line, Rashid um, Daniels, Rashid Daniels, um, excuse, what do you say, Rashid? Braden Daniels was, why did I always say Rashid? I don't know who Rashid Daniels is. Braden Daniels. I told you yesterday he was working at left guard. They want to get him some reps there, but he was back at left tackle today working with the third unit. And I, he still got a, he still has a ways to go there. And again, we're not, it's hard to accurately gauge the O-line, but what you see is still needing to work on the technique, work on the timing, work on uh, putting yourself in position where you're not having to bend at the waist and allow guys to get around you. Andre Jones got around him today uh, at least one time. And, and, you know, a lot of it is in that second step, he tends to lunge and bend and allows the guy to get around him. So I think they're just going to have to work with his feet. He's got good feet. You just have to work with them to get better, better technique, or you end up with a future guard. And that's okay too, because he's, you know, he's not a guy that I think they're going to play a lot this year. Um, Certainly not a tackle unless they, unless there's an emergency, but he's a guy that they feel like could develop there. So can he get there? And if not, you can get him back inside. And I think they've also liked how Cornelius Lucas has looked during these practices. So I think they feel pretty good about, you know, you have Lucas, you have Wiley, you have Leno. And if they really needed to, you could always put Kazin back out there, but he wants to stay inside a guard. And I think he's liking that just being at one spot. A couple more things. Um, Benjamin St. Juiced, you know, the, what they're doing with the corners, I told you before, it's St. Juice, Fuller. You have um, obviously Emmanuel Forbes. Forbes has been working on the outside. And again, I told you he's an outside corner who they want to see if he can occasionally play in slide inside, whether if it's an emergency or if some, if there's a coverage you want to rotate to um, wild goose has been playing inside there. But one thing I like, I think it's a smart group Forbes 
St. Jude and Fuller are a smart group. If that's, you know, that's what the three, three guys would be. There was one time like Forbes, you don't see getting beat a lot on assignments. You, there was one time with St. Juice where he executed the assignment wrong and Brett Vesselmeyer, who's like 20 yards behind the play, is going to come up and say something to him before he can. St. Juice yells to him what he should have done on the play. And it's like, hey, as long as you know and you can correct it, then we're good. And I think that's one thing that this D, that those D-backs are pretty well. I think it's a smarter group. Quan Martin I would put in there. I think, I think those safeties are, you know, uh, Cam Curl, who is – not working during full team stuff, but he's obviously very smart. I think the other ones are going to be very good too, like that. So it's it's a potentially a a good secondary. So I think that's good for for Washington. Percy Butler made a play today, coming up fast against the uh, to the flat against Antonio Gibson. So just you know it'll, the the early returns on that group have been solid. So one step, June seventh, you know we'll see from there where it goes. But right now they look pretty good. And then Sadiq Charles, last thing I'm going to close on, we talked to him after practice today. He said one of the things that, you know, in talking to people here, they feel like his confidence is a lot better, that it took a little bit of a hit the last couple of years because of how things developed, whether he wasn't playing as well or or he'd get in there and get hurt. And so it, you know, it leads to inconsistencies, which leads to sometimes some wounded confidence. And, you know, and so they feel like his confidence is a lot better. I think that's why they like getting him a lot of reps with the starters in the spring because it gives him that feeling like like that this this is where he should be, but it's also repairing his entire game. I don't know that it was completely damaged, but I think it's like you can lose some and now you can gain some here. But again, the key for him is staying healthy. He knows that he said he feels like he's stronger, feels like better with his weight. And it's funny because he actually gained weight. Felt he was at 315 last year, said he's at 325, 328 this year. Feels like it makes a difference for him. So if it does, then that and that help leads the confidence. That's what they want to see. But I think there's still a long ways to go to decide to know fully what that line will be because I know, you know, I still wonder about it. You you're going to wonder about it. I wonder how the scheme's going to help it, all that stuff. So, you know, that's that's where we're at with that. Get into that more a lot a lot more later. Anyway, that's my wrap up for today. I'll be back on Thursday with another OTA wrap. Excuse me, another there you go. A mini camp wrap up, wrapping up the final day of mini camp. Um, and then we'll have some more off-season stuff, or excuse me, wrap up the off-season over the next several days as well. So again, I'm gonna announce on Thursday on the podcast how you can be part of that Zoom special Zoom session with me if you want to do that. Would love to talk to you guys on there just privately and about whatever for 30 minutes or so. And I'll let you know tomorrow how you can be a part of that. Anyway, that's it. I'll talk to you next time.